Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Mauda Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I'm joined by no one today. I am by myself again. Maura is away. And it's kind of interesting because the two podcasts that I've done these last two days are both focusing on similar things. We had Jay Campbell yesterday. Um, we were talking about everything from pretty pretty much everything on optimizing hormones. And today we have my good friend, Jimmy Barker, who's the CEO of um, Tampa Testosterone. And we're going to talk about everything today. I'll, I'll let you guys know. But first, let me introduce you to Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's the owner and CEO of Tampa Testosterone. His clinic does specialized testing that gets to the root cause of the patient's health issues, then builds a customized lifestyle program based on nutrition, fitness, removing toxins, hormone optimization, and more. First of all, remember what I just said, a lifestyle program. So this is one of the things I love about what they're doing over there. Uh, his goal is to make clients feel good on the inside and look good on the outside. And the testimonials on his site prove that they're succeeding at just at doing just that. His areas of expertise lie in detoxing, nutrition, supplements, fitness, managing stress, hormones and labs, and sleep. Today, we're going to cover some background information on peptides, hormone optimization, and lab testing, and wherever else this conversation takes us. Welcome to the show, Jimmy Barker. What's up, brother? Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, man. I'm, uh, I've been enjoying catching up with you and talking, uh, talking shop and I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Oh man, it's been great. We've been doing for everyone who, who hasn't been following on Instagram. We've had weekly lives. We've done two already and we've, we got two more that we're going to do and we might make this an ongoing thing, but I just, I want everybody to know, um, just all about these peptides. It's, it's obviously people have been, researching and doing the peptides for years, but now it seems like it's finally going mainstream. So man, it's just awesome to talk to you. It's been, I've, I've learned a ton and I'm sure there's been a lot of feedback. People have been learning a ton. So now we want to make this into a podcast so people can have this like living on a feed that they can go and, and refer back to at any time, man. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. We've been, uh, just getting into all kinds of different peptides and the benefits. And uh, I love talking about it, man. In my opinion, this is, this is the future of medicine. So it's exciting times for us. Yeah. Based, based on our conversations, man, like you start telling me about all the things that peptides can do. Like, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's going to be one of those tools that really helps put um, functional medicine over the top and, and hopefully starts to turn the tide on, you know, away from the sick care stuff and, and get people optimized and get people focusing on, on being healthy versus just, you know, putting band-aids on everything. That's such a great point because this is that muscle people, you know, have trouble sometimes getting excited about living a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and you know, when, when maybe they've been struggling to be able to get that discipline and whatnot and something like peptides really, changes that it allows us to trigger these natural processes and it's just amazing uh that we can really start to have a little bit more influence on on our body like this in such a natural way that uh i think you're you nailed it this is this is really going to help people uh understand the the beauty of having the body do what it does the body's really intelligent and if we uh, if we can direct it on on how to take care of itself, it'll it'll do much better job than a lot of those medications out there. Man, I love that you said that because I I think it's like you you start to get people to change their lifestyle, and if you can give them some more incentive um, than just a typical like yeah, in a few months, two three months, you'll start to see some differences. But if you can amplify that a little bit just with some smart supplementation and peptides and stuff that's going to help them like with compliance and it's just going to help them just stay in a better mind frame. Like, Oh man, this is working. So, um, cannot wait to get started, but obviously we, we, we're going to focus a lot on, um, GH because that's, that's the biggest, I think thing that's being, um, targeted with these peptides. So yeah. 
let's start with an overview of human growth hormone and its role in health, performance, and longevity. Because as you know, like this is a hormone that stimulates growth. It stimulates cell production, and people call it the fountain of youth. So um, what are some of the symptoms to look out for that would indicate that someone has low GH or an insufficiency? And what are some of the factors that you see contributing to this in your practice? Yeah, well, just to kind of paint the picture, I mean, uh, hormone growth hormone is secreted naturally by the pituitary gland near the base of our brain. So it helps cells with reproduction. And as we're young, we need a lot of growth hormone because we're, we're growing all over, right? Our bones, we're growing taller, all our organs, everything is, is getting bigger. And, you know, uh, some have referred to this as like the mother of all our hormones because it influences everything throughout the body. And like you said, having more of it is like having the fountain of youth. So um, we see that uh, some of the symptoms that are associated with this are people are dealing with like anxiety and depression, um, actually uh, baldness and decreased libido uh, can be a science, uh, decreased muscle mass and strength dry skin, fatigue. And, and the reality is a lot of these things people associate with just aging, right? You think yeah. about those descriptions I just gave, that's like an elderly person. And, uh, and the reality is, well, it, it is. And, and guess what? Their growth hormone levels are decreasing greatly over time. And so this is what's amazing about these types of, uh, you know, options that we have now is, you you could say we're basically slowing down the aging process. We have that capability now. Um, we're not going to you know go out there and claim that medically, but if you think about it in, in kind of a broad term, that's ultimately what the body's doing because aging is the biggest factor when it comes to any disease. I mean, that's the the, the biggest causation of diabetes and Alzheimer's and. Um, just sarcopenia and all these other things that people are chronically dealing with. Well, the number one causation for, for all those problems tends to be age related. And so if we can slow that down, we can really make an impact on, on the overall health. So of course, you know, as a, on the flip side, if you're looking at benefits from improving your growth hormone levels, you're looking at improved fat reduction and better sleep. Uh, faster muscle recovery, reduced pain, better skin elasticity, better hair and nails. And, and I mean, the list goes on. It's, it's just basically helping people feel younger again is what I like to tell people. Man, and, and it's awesome too, because I know we're going to get more in depth with this stuff, but, you know, in the past, you, you would see like all these, these, you know, whether they be rich, you know, movie stars and, and musicians and these people look amazing. Of course, they get work done like in the, in the OR too, but like these people, a lot of them had access to all this stuff and so expensive. And nowadays with these peptides, you know, it's, it's actually like, what did you say? The, the I think you told me recently, like the, it, it's like at least half of the cost of like a typical, you know, what people were paying back in the day for HGH when they wanted to use it, right? It's, yeah, it's half or less, right? With these peptides? Less. Yeah, I would say probably about a third, uh, 40%, if you want to maybe be accurate there, but uh, depending on which of the peptides. And, and there are a few that tend to run on the higher end and actually are closer to the um, pricing that somebody would have paid on the exogenous HGH. But the majority of them are going to fall in that 30 to 50% range of what somebody was paying before. So it's, it's, and, and we'll get into the differences of benefits and whatnot, probably. But um, <laughs> to me, it's, it's an amazing thing because you're paying less for something that in my opinion is better. Oh yeah, man. Based on what I've read and based on all the conversations we've had, um, it, it does make a ton of sense. And I just love it because, you know, I'm not going to go out here and and just start talking about, you know, people taking growth hormone when there's all these things that can help you, you know, improve your growth hormone and improve all that stuff naturally. Um, but like when you talk about something like a peptide, it's it's much more in line with with the stuff that we're talking about and even the stuff that you guys talk about in your in your clinic, because you've, you've spoken about this several times, how you guys are trying to get to the heart of it, the root cause of stuff. And you're not just throwing exogenous hormones at everyone. I mean, it tends, it tends to, I guess nowadays, 
there's a lot more people that that probably need it just because of like this toxic world we live in. You know, you see a lot of people that are younger that are probably need to get on on testosterone or or they've they've exhausted yeah. all their options, man. But um, I guess that's a good segue for this next question, because, you know, we know that exercise and adequate amino acid intake, a.k.a. animal protein, these things can stimulate HGH. They can lower your blood sugar and insulin. And you've spoken about somatostatin and how it can switch off HGH. It's basically our, our internal governor that, that you know, kind of cuts off HGH. So what are the, some of the solutions that you guys provide to counter this somatostatin? Because that's, that's um, a big part of it. I know that some of them act against somatostatin and some, some of them act in different ways. So um, how do they all differ? And, and I know that there's a, a few different categories. So if you sure. could go into that. Yeah, so somatostatin is uh, a growth hormone inhibiting hormone. And what we use uh, to combat that is a growth hormone releasing hormone. And the original one, if you go back to where the, uh, well, well, peptides, not to get off track here, but peptides started way back when with insulin. So if you really want to go back to the history of peptides, insulin was one of the first peptides. But as far as growth hormone peptides, samorelin is what a lot of people know. And that one, it's outdated now. Uh, we don't even offer it anymore. But um, it, uh, it is one that still some doctors are using and, and people know. And then uh, came CJC1295 and tessamorelin. So the, the newer generation um, growth hormone releasing hormones will inhibit the somatostatin. So you're not fighting yourself trying to inhibit your growth hormone. You're, you're, you know, you're keeping that governor back, like you said, so that it doesn't slow down your, your release. And then you can introduce something like a, a GHRP to help you secrete more. And so uh, the combination there is great. And the, the difference is if uh, you want to get into some of the older generation versus new generation, this Moreland just didn't wasn't quite as strong and had a much shorter half-life. It, it had a half-life of about eight to 12 minutes. Wow. Which, yeah. You know, it's really short. Cause and, the new ones already, they still have a low, a low half-life, but I mean, it's, two, it's like three times that 30. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like 30 minutes. And so, uh, but that's enough, you know, we're, we're getting amazing results with that. And it's not that the benefits only last for 30 minutes. It's just that that's all you need to be able to release the, the additional growth hormone. Once you've released it, your body's going to be utilizing it. And so uh, it's it's amazing stuff. The CJC-1295, we see a lot more of because the tessamorelin is a little bit more cost prohibitive for, for a lot of people. But the tessamorelin is really the gold standard when it comes to boosting IGF levels because uh, on average, we're seeing about 181 point uh, IGF-1 increase. And, and for people who aren't familiar, that's higher. That 181 points is higher than what I see on my average person who comes in here for their baseline IGF-1 levels. So uh, point being, for most people, it's, over, it's more than doubling their IGF-1 levels. So it's an amazing, amazing product. Yeah, I saw... I think I saw one study that was like the people had either like 160 or 148 at baseline and then like right around that 181 added to it. It was like it was like pretty much doubled. And and then the after part, like there was a little bit of a dip um, after, um, but nothing, nothing crazy, like just a tiny bit lower than baseline. Whereas I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but. Obviously, yeah. that that's a big difference from what would happen if the person was on HGH. Oh man, yeah, I know that's a whole other story, and uh, I don't know if you want me to get into that. But um, that's... oh well, you know what? Let's 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 go right into that because then we can talk about the testing afterward. Because I want people to sure. know, you know, the labs they can do. But you mentioned like the the one thing that you mentioned about like the half life, for example. I think it's important for people to know that you know the reason why it's it's it doesn't matter that the half life is thirty minutes is that we release growth hormone in like a pulsatile fashion. So if you're just right. helping your body give it that extra pulse and, and if that pulse is even more amplified, then, then that's all you need. But 
that's not how HGH works, is it? So why don't you go into some of the differences between, you know, the typical exogenous HGH and then the, the, the growth hormone releasing hormones, the GHRHs. Yep. Uh, So the growth, the exogenous HGH, as you mentioned, is not coming into the body in pulses, which is what the body's used to naturally. So you're getting a constant stimulation of your growth hormone receptors. And when your body is not used to that, what ends up happening is you get a down regulation and your endogenous production goes goes down. So you're basically becoming dependent on that exogenous growth hormone. And when, if you ever come off of it, you basically aged yourself. And as we talked earlier, all those symptoms that we see from aging are, would be the same symptoms somebody could expect coming off of the growth hormone. And as we spoke to growth hormone is tends to be more expensive. And um, we just don't feel that it's, it's necessary. And, and quite honestly, we get better better results with, uh, with what we're doing. So we, we don't really even offer that for, um, for any of our clients for the types of purposes we're using it for. Uh, there is a, a place for, for growth hormone for, for certain other things, but just not the, the type of industry we're in with anti-aging and whatnot. Now, um, we talked about the growth hormone releasing hormone inhibiting the somatostatin. So when we introduce a GHRP, which is uh, known as a secretagogue, that boosts your body's natural growth hormone secretion. So uh, things like the GHRP2 and 6, those were the old generation. Uh, we got away from those because they sometimes affected people's prolactin levels and cortisol levels would increase. And so uh, it's nice. Oh, and people would get uh, hunger side effects. So they're finding they were gaining unneeded weight because they're waking up in the middle of the night uh, starving. And so, <laughs> uh, so we, we, you know, wasn't really a weight loss thing. I would almost tell somebody, look, if you're in the gym wanting to put on muscle, this might be a great option for you because you'd be in there just eating all kinds of food. But uh, the ipamorelin, the uh, MK677, and even like the, uh, some of, there's some other uh, GHRPs, but those are the main two that we see uh, now. And we love the epimorelin because it, it helps people with sleep where the older generation did not. And it doesn't have those side effects that we see. Uh, the MK677 can be a great secretagogue as well, but it actually boosts your IGF-1 levels a little bit more than the epimorelin. But um, you don't want to stay on that one more than like 12 weeks. And I, I'm not as big a fan uh with the MK677 for our average client because there is some water retention that comes with it. So if you're a hardcore gym goer, you're really looking to put on muscle, maybe that might be a good option for you. But otherwise, the Ipamorelin seems to work really well for, for most people. Um, other things that, uh, just to answer your question there, the, the old school HGH, exogenous HGH, you're looking at potential enlargement of organs like like your heart, you may get carpal tunnel from increased water retention, your blood sugar, like if you have blood sugar issues, you may, it may lead you to insulin resistance and even diabetes. And, you know, it's the, we talk the cost. I mean, the hands, right. Like people get, I've always heard about the hands, like people get their hands start to like, like arthritic type symptoms. Right, exactly. And, and then just, you know, as we talked the down regulation, I mean, to me, that's just not worth it. Um, I've seen studies that say that it could infect, uh, it could affect your uh, lifespan. And, you know, to me, I don't think there's really any products that are going to be worth that, where the peptides have been shown to actually improve your body's efficiency at releasing the growth hormone. And so if you come off of it, you're not dependent. And um, there are some studies out there that are starting to show that you are more efficient at releasing the growth hormone, even when you stopped from your original baseline numbers. So uh, that's just going to show that these, when you're initiating these natural processes, these, these peptides. So I'll, I'll explain a little bit about what peptides do. Oh yeah. Uh, they're, they're little, they're, they're sequences of amino acids. Once you have two amino acids, that's a peptide. And the, the different sequences initiate different processes in the body that the body already knows how to do. And so these are all natural processes that you're just basically putting the key in the engine for that process and turning it back on and your body's running with it. And so as we age though, we're sending less of these signals, we're slowing down these processes 
And so our body isn't burning fat as well as it used to creating energy like it used to creating new synapses in your brain and long-term memory and and all these other factors that we seem to have fall off as we age are starting to occur where we can introduce these peptides and reinvigorate our body to be able to do these uh, easier and more often. So it's a beautiful thing, man. And and like I said, it's it, I love that how natural it is because I just come from that mindset of not wanting to affect my body in, in artificial ways and, and keeping things as natural as possible for my clients as well. Yeah, man. And I, I want to just add something because um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I've I've read and this, this, I wanted to make this point because I think there's so many people nowadays that they just, they just are like, what, what's that? Oh, that's good. Okay. Give me like 200 of that, you know, oh, or, God. you know, cause people go nuts. And like, I just want to make it clear to people, like we're talking about, there's a major difference between these secretagogues, what they do in your body versus HGH. We, we want to make sure that, that we're clear on the fact that these things do not suppress your, your natural HGH production, but even even the secretagogues, if you go super high, like yes. there's there is a little bit of a risk, right? Like of of you affecting yes. that. So just like that minimum effective dose is really all you need. It actually, if you go too much, then then you go back into this negative space where you're you're possibly you know hurting yourself if you come off. You know, that's exactly right. I if you we we have to maintain sensitivity of those receptors. So. Uh, we use protocols, for instance, our um, ipamorelin with CJC. That's uh, one of our most popular uh, growth hormone protocols. And we advise our clients to use it five days a week and take two days off because we just want to maintain that sensitivity so that they can use these products indefinitely with benefits and, and not be worried about downregulation of the receptors. Yeah, that's a great point, man. So now let's talk about like what are the some of the ways besides obviously the symptoms you mentioned that people can test to see if they're deficient. Um, is there just one marker, or are you guys looking at a few different ones? Yes. Yeah, so the the gold standard when it comes to the growth hormone testing is your glucagon stimulation test, and uh, that one's pretty a, new, right? That's that's only like a few years old. Well, it's, yeah, well, it's very difficult to find. I, I, as far as I know, it's, it's been around for a little bit, um, maybe, maybe like five to 10 years, my understanding, but, um, the, it's really hard to find somebody who actually does it. Even people who are prescribing exogenous HGH from what I've seen, the far majority of the time are not actually doing that test. And so we've stayed, uh, we, we've tried to find some people who've, uh, offered it, and it should be an endocrinologist, but even said it's been hard to find them here in our city. And uh, so, what we've, if you're not doing exogenous HGH um, with the peptides, we can really use something like IGF 1 as an indicator. And then, a lot of what we're doing is helping people with things like sarcopenia and uh, and other just uh, symptomatic issues that line up with the peptides. And so as long as they don't have contraindications, we're able to really help treat the patient more so. And yes, the numbers are always vital and we are always going to be looking at labs and, you know, doing exams and and making sure the patient is healthy before we start any sort of treatment. But um, a lot of times, uh, just in, in our general approach, we use the numbers as as a guideline, but we're also treating the patient because sometimes the numbers aren't the full story. Man, I love that. And I have to just bring this up because, you know, I, this, this was my experience when I went to your office. So I could actually like, I can actually attest to the fact that, um, again, like I was speaking to one of the physicians, um, and, and he's like, like basically he knows, obviously you probably gave him some background and he, he knows like who I am. And so he knows that I'm data driven and he's just like, look, I just want you to understand that like, this is not only about the numbers. This is about the whole patient this is about, you know, and, and I, I think that's important because, you know, you can go to a different place and you can, you can easily, if they're not looking at the whole picture, they can say, look, we're going to put you on this, this, and this. And they put you on a bunch of testosterone, a bunch of this other stuff. And you get, you get some labs. And of course the labs are going to come back and tell you that, you know, you're doing great. 
but you know, there's no feedback. Like where, where's the, where's the feedback from the patient? That's more important than anything. hundred percent. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you know, if we, uh, we work with a lot of guys, uh, obviously from our name that are on testosterone therapy. And I tell you, everybody wants to know, well, are we aiming for a certain level of testosterone or what, what do you guys think the, the, the number is to qualify? And at the end of the day, it's very subjective because I've got, I've guys who are at 500 something on their total testosterone and they feel amazing. And other guys are up at that eight, 900, a thousand level. And the reality is everybody gets stuck on one number in their labs and the reality is we have thousands of chemicals and hormones and things influencing the way we feel and our ability to get certain results as far as like our physique and our body composition and all that. And so we have to, we have to take that all into account. And so um, for the testosterone, for instance, we're talking about if what's, how well is your body able to use it? Because if you're able to use 400 of that 500 level, you feel great. But if you're at 850 and you're using 150 of it, well, then you don't feel as good as the guy at 500. And I see those scenarios. That's where those numbers came out of my head because I've seen those scenarios this month. And <laughs> of guys in those exact situations, and, and I, I feel for those guys because you know the 850 guy came in and he had been given testosterone by another doctor. And I told him, man, that's not the problem. It was your ability to use a testosterone, but now they're stuck on test. He's stuck on testosterone because when we introduce those exogenous uh, hormones like that, our body becomes reliant on them. And then uh, our natural production, our endogenous production goes down. So it's, it's important that wherever you are, whoever you're working with, that you're working with somebody who does see through this lens of, uh, you know, a holistic approach, looking at the whole body, because when we're making energy, it's not just your growth hormone levels. It's not just your testosterone levels. It's a combination of a multitude of things, including your sleep patterns, your mitochondrial health, your nutrition, like your nutrient levels, uh, and, and so much more. So we have to be looking at all those pieces. If we're going to help you resolve a certain symptom to the best of uh, the, our capabilities. So um, that's how we look at it with our patients. We kind of work hand in hand with them, as you were mentioning, we'll, in getting their feedback. Well, how are you feeling? You know, how much better is this? Where do you want to work? And then we focus on the areas that they want to work most. Sounds sounds normal to me. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> what, what we should be doing. I think it's like it's weird. Right. You know, like like in the typical research and you know typical sick care world, I think what you see is like like people focus on some sort of marker or some sort of chemical or something. And they're like, either that's good or that's bad. And they're like, okay, we need to bring that up or we need to bring that down. And like, they're satisfied when they're, they create a drug or they create something that can do that. But it's, it's always in isolation. It's always in on an Island. It's never in consideration of like all these other factors. And that's where, that's where people need to get away from that and really look at this type of medicine. Like that, that's what we're we're talking about, yeah, man. That's exactly who we are. And I mean, uh, even more so with our ladies, uh, the, our female clients, because uh, as, as much as we're all humans, the, the female hormones are uh, even more complex than ours. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so getting that symphony of, of hormones right is, is an art. And, you know, I had a client this week who came in and her, her doctor had her, um, on estrogen and we we took her off the estrogen and actually switched her over to progesterone oh wow and, that's like the total opposite unbelievable right well what happened was her estrogen levels because we balanced out her progesterone her estrogen levels normalized to higher than they've ever been with even when she was taking the the estrogen uh exogenously so now her levels across the board were much better because we we looked at the whole picture. We didn't just look at, well, there's there's one thing on your labs that's down, so let's give you that one thing and and push it back up. We have to look at the combination and think, okay, well, this is gonna affect this and that's you know affecting that. So if we move this, which you do need, and also her symptoms lined up with somebody with low progesterone, 
So we, it, she started sleeping better. Her estrogen levels normal. Overall, she just normalized her mood and her energy and all that. And so it's, it's a uh, delicate thing, but we always like to, especially with the women, start with the holistic approach, balance their body. Then a lot of times when we introduce the hormones, we don't have to use as much as we would have had to use if we were just looking at those original levels saying, okay, you're this low, let's give you this much. And you mentioned earlier, minimum effective dose. That's exactly the approach that we want to do. We want to maximize your results, but keep you on the minimum amount of medication so that you get less side effects and you can do this in long term and, and still feel great. Love it, man. I love it. That's why we're talking, man. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I just want to go back because, you know, one of the things we see with peptides is like the way they they modify like growth hormone, releasing hormones. Like you, you have GHRPs like ipamorelin. And then, of course, you have the CJC, which you've mentioned. And you have me on the combination of CJC and ipamorelin. And I'm it's about three weeks in, absolutely loving it. You know, like my training the last pretty much three weeks. So it's like, uh, it's funny because like I've, my, I've had this uh, shoulder issue. So I haven't been able to train as much, but man, I'm, I'm leaning out like crazy. I feel awesome. Um, so why don't you kind of explain how these two work together? Because you kind of explain how I, either of them work, but like, I think it'd be good for people to know and understand why you see a lot of the time, uh, like something like ipamorelin together with, uh, with, uh, CJC. CJC. Actually, uh, that's, that's our favorite combo. So the, the ipamorelin is going to help your body amplify its, uh, ability to secrete more growth hormone. It's called a growth hormone releasing peptide GHRP. And so ipamorelin is helping you to secrete, but your body has somatostatin, which is trying to inhibit that growth hormone secretion. So that's where we, why we include the CJC-1295 with it, so that that combination, you're inhibiting the somatostatin, which is trying to inhibit the growth hormone secretion. So that ends up allowing your body to release that growth hormone without fighting itself. And so long-term, you can stay on a combination of those peptides like that and not have that down regulation as long as you're taking proper dosing and you're not over, not doing it too frequently where we, uh, we like to do just the five days on, two days off. And that, that seems to work best right now as far as what the, uh, the research is showing us. And, and uh, you know, this is such an emerging field. We're always out there looking for what's the latest feedback on the different studies. What are the pharmacies saying? We work with multiple pharmacies so we can get that feedback from different resources and seeing what makes the most sense for us. And then obviously it comes down to our clients. You know, we want to hear from them and they're feeling great and getting great results. Well, that's exactly what we want, want to hear. And sometimes the individual, we have to make modifications for their specific protocol because of the way that they're responding. And so uh, you know, everything is about the individual when it comes down to it. We, we all respond differently and not everything is going to work for everybody. And so we have to find the right dose, the right peptides. And then that way we can build a customized protocol for each person. Man, you, you, you know, you just reminded me of something and it just occurred to me, like, um, people are going to be listening to this episode. I'm just thinking about all this stuff and I'm like, People are going to listen to this episode. They're probably going to start Googling peptides and they're going to find some of these peptide places that, you know, it's pretty widely available. And so um, obviously I'll, I'll go out and say that, like, you know, people are probably going to do that and they can go ahead and try to do that. And, and, and they may save some money in some cases, but um, if they want to learn the lesson the hard way that you should go with a pharmacy um, and not someone who's just totally unregulated and, and, you know, you're just basically taking their promise. Um, I'm sure some of them have lab testings, but um, I know people are going to do it. You probably know people are going to do it. You know, they're going to, they're, you know, obviously I'm going to do my best to try to tell everybody to, to see someone like Tampa testosterone. That's I'm putting my stamp of approval on you guys. Um, But why don't you talk about since, what happens with these people, if they go to get peptides somewhere else, they're not going to have all of the guidance that you guys have given me. Like you guys gave me guidance and videos on how to reconstitute, when to dose. So 
um, for the the people who want to do things on their own because they're going to do it. I mean, I just yeah. I just know it. Yeah. What what are some of the things that people need to be aware of as far as like dosing? You know, the things that you do around your dose because I know that like the the quickest way to throw your money down the toilet is to to dose at the wrong time and and do the wrong things when you're dosing because that that will just cancel out what it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, just to speak on on some of what you were talking about, we've even found, uh, to be quite honest, that not every pharmacy is even equal. Oh wow! And so we've we've tested, and which is kind of sad, but we've found that certain ones um, we've had such better results with uh, with our clients that we've we've narrowed down our field of of who we get our our products from because there's noticeable differences. But on top of that, even if you then go beyond that and say it wasn't even from a pharmacy who has those types of uh, quality control levels, then the materials, the raw materials that you see on a lot of the websites and whatnot are typically the products that were turned away by some of the the pharmacies. So raw materials comes into the, the country or or maybe they're manufactured here and they try to present it to one of the pharmacies and the pharmacy does their quality control testing and said, this either is, um, has like additional materials like toxins that won't uh, pass our like sterility tests, or it's not the uh, right dosing. So it's supposed to be this strength, but it's only half of that. And so, you know, the, they end up selling it for super cheap to these online places that just repackage it and sell it like it's the same thing. And, you know, theoretically it's, it's kind of the same product, but you're, you're really putting yourself at the risk of the sterility and the, the potency and all that. So in the end, you're, <laughs> I don't know, to me, it's just not worth that. And so we've, we've done our homework over time and really figured out who's, who has the best potency who's the most consistent with the uh the sterility and and you know we really like the the ones that were the pharmacies we're working with right now and we're always looking for more but these two have really impressed us over time and so uh to talk about dosing and timing and all that the uh we we find that um about 100 micrograms of both ipamorelin and cjc tends to provide a saturation point for, for most people. Um, as you get bigger, you can get up to the 150 to 200, something like that. But um, that tends to, to do the trick. And some people, can, well, the, the recommended for the average person is going to be one injection five days a week at night before you go to bed so that you can amplify that process of when you go to bed in, in your deep stages of sleep, when you release that growth hormone, 60 to 70% of our natural release is during our, our deep sleep patterns. Well, what we're trying to do is, is take good to great and, and amplify that with the, with the peptides. And so um, what's key, though, is that we need to take it on an empty stomach because insulin uh, promotes that somatostatin. So basically that insulin is going to cause you to try to inhibit your growth hormone release. And so we don't want to have any sort of carbs or, or large amounts of proteins. We just recommend be on an empty stomach for at least one hour before and after. And preferably I tell people in general for health reasons, two to three hours before you go to bed, you shouldn't be eating, uh, in my opinion anyway, for best yeah. sleep. Totally so it, it works out perfectly, you know, it just, uh, it, when you, I always find in, in health, it's like, if you're doing all the right things, even if you're jumping across different areas of, of health, they tend to line up pretty well as far as, you know, the patterns of, of what you're supposed to be doing. So, uh, this is an example of that. And then most people are going to see greatly improved sleep patterns. I remember, um, you know, when I first started doing this, uh, taking these growth hormone peptides, I was amazed by the difference in my quality of sleep. I, I felt like I was waking up out of a coma sometimes where I'm just like, Oh my God, like I feel like I slept for eight, two days, you know? And, um, and in a good way, I was yeah. just so rested. And a lot of times, you know, I knew exactly, I was about seven hours and 45 minutes was just for me, that was about my perfect night of sleep and then it would be like seven hours and 20 minutes and i'm like 
oh man, I was like, um, my, my energy cup is full. Like I, I my battery's full. I, awesome. I don't need to sleep anymore. And I was almost frustrated because mentally I've trained myself. I needed that extra sleep. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just get up because I feel great, you know? And so um, that's, that's a, a, an extra positive, obviously, if you look at it that way. But um, if somebody doesn't, there is about 10% of our clients that we've noticed don't get the benefit with the sleep. And sometimes they even get more restless sleep. So if you're part of that 10%, we recommend just moving your peptide to the morning. That's totally fine. You'll still get all the benefits, except you wouldn't get that added sleep benefit, but all the, um, you know, fat, uh, loss benefits, muscle recovery, uh, hair, nail, skin, all that stuff would improve. And we even see like the, some people who have depression and anxiety, some of those, uh, symptoms improving. And so, uh, in, if you really want to take it to another level and you don't mind sticking yourself more often, uh, you can split the dose, take half before you go to bed and half in the morning. And, uh, you can get some really great results like that and really accelerate your results. Yeah, totally, man. I, I, I've been actually thinking about that. Um, cause, you know, I originally started, um, at nighttime and then, um, you know, after conversations that we've had and plus knowing how regimented my mornings are versus my nights, just because some nights I'll go to bed later than other nights. So it's not, it doesn't, it messes with my, my OCD. So I was like, let me just add it to my morning routine. But if I can get a handle on this night thing, because like just lately it feels like, you know, some nights I'll go to bed like at nine, some nights I'll go to bed at 1030, you know, so um, I, I would really like to see, you know, splitting that dose into two um, to see how it works. Maybe, maybe after the first two months, just so after I get a good baseline, um, it makes a ton of sense. I was actually going to ask you about that when you started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, it's it's that routine, and and I agree. The morning routine is always stronger than the evening routine for most people, and uh, I I managed to move like fit it into my like toothbrush routine. You know, it's like I I take the uh, I, I I pre pull my my syringes, so I just have it ready to go, and then I walk into the bathroom with it. I brush my teeth, so I'm letting it get to room temperature, and then. Um, you know, when I'm done brushing my teeth, I do the injection and I head to bed and, and that's it. So it's, it's just trying to fit it into that routine so that you, uh, you don't forget. Yeah. Shout out to you for, for telling me that one too. Cause I, I just, <laughs> I just loaded a bunch of, uh, of these syringes, put them in the fridge. Uh, and if anyone is at my house, it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> what do you got all these syringes in your fridge? Oh room? my God. Actually. Yep, yep. Oh, I didn't tell you, man. I didn't tell you. Listen to this. Oh my gosh. You're going to crack up. So Desmond has a lot of, uh, leeway in this house. He has a lot of free reign. Like, we, uh-huh. you know, we, we let these kids play around with stuff. And so like this kid straight up takes two syringes that are preloaded already with like each one of them is preloaded with 10 IUs of the, of the mix. Right. And he does stuff with them. And I don't know what he does. He, he totally like releases what's there and oh. a cup of water or something. And I go right before bed. They were the last two ones there. So that means that if I had more of them loaded there, he would have screwed with more of them. Oh, Dude, man. I like right before bed, like what is the worst time that this could happen? You know, cause I was right, right. Yeah. right before bed. I was like, I was like, what the heck? And I was like, <laughs> so upset. And, and I was, he's like, I felt so bad because he felt immediately bad. I was just like, look, yeah. don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely not play material. That's funny though. Like, yeah, I've always, so, uh, what I tell my, um, some of my clients, if they have kids and they're worried about, some, you know, some kids, something like that, it sounds like you found it or whatever, but like if they kind of meddle with stuff and get into things, um, I tell them, you know, get something like a, like a pencil box or something that you can't see through in the fridge. And maybe sometimes that'll help. Granted, most kids <laughs> it are depends gonna, on the age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be curious regardless, but, um, yep. you know, put it in a, put it in a sardine box or something like that. <laughs> prone to play with it. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, those. Uh, th- as far as the timing, though, that that is something that um, I have people who move that all around. Even some of our nighttime ship uh, workers and whatnot. So 
it's the, the key, the number one thing people have to remember is to take it uh, on that empty stomach. Otherwise, you're, you're defeating the purpose. And then you, you say, what, like an hour, don't eat an hour after? I know that some of the, the guidance is usually wait like 30 minutes, but just to be safe, yeah. I, I know that you, you, you mentioned something I, like, like an hour, right? Yeah, I just stare on the side of caution. I like at least an hour before and after, and if not, even more. Yeah, okay. So I do I'm, like two for myself. I have I have two questions that I want to ask you that they're probably going to be like beyond both of our but I'm just kind of I'm just kind of curious on these things and and if you have answers cool and if not then whatever but one of the potential issues issues that we see you mentioned um with exogenous HGH is uh enlargement of certain organs like the heart so this is where I think there's like based on what I've seen there some of these newer peptides seem to actually be cardioprotective so have you seen anything on the possible, or you or the, the, the physicians that you work with, um, yeah. possible mechanisms of action that could explain um, how, you know, these, these peptides could be cardioprotective? Yeah, so from my understanding, and like you said, uh, cardiac issues and, and uh, whatnot is, is definitely not my specialty, but um, from my understanding, it can be cardioprotective because the GHS1A is increased in the heart and the blood vessels. And it can decrease apoptosis in cardiac cells, has a positive inotropic effect, and can reduce cardiac fibrosis. So, you know, that's that's what the, the doctors have told me. Um, it's just like your, your standard, if you ever think about the heart, those are the things that you're like, okay, this is what happens. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we aren't having a lot of clients come to us for cardiac issues. Um, a lot of times we're working hand in hand with the cardiologist, if that is the case. But if somebody was to be in a situation and sometimes their their cardiac issues are being managed by a cardiologist and they're interested in what more could I do and I'm interested in peptides and, oh, this one helps your, maybe your growth hormone levels, but it, oh, by the way, it also could do this for your heart health. Well, then great. You know, that's the kind of thing that we might get into in our clinic. Um, and because the most time cardiac issues, we're looking at it more from like a lifestyle, lowering stress, anxiety, improving their diet and sleep uh, quality and things like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, we, we want to use anything that we have at our disposal and, and some of these peptides actually can, uh, can be a benefit. Now, I don't know how um, comfortable you are with uh, talking about actual protocols, um, but I, I just was thinking about, because I know one of my clients is, is, is heavy into the peptides and he's also like a big fan of like just learning as much as possible about this. But yeah. um, it would seem that something like CJC and, and, and uh, Tessa Morellin are kind of like, uh, what's the word? Um, <laughs> redundant because they're both the same thing but have you ever um do you have any people or 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 is there any possible benefit to someone doing something like a cjc with ipamorelin dose like in the morning or nighttime and then like a tessamorelin dose on the opposite so whichever one is in the morning you you do the tessamorelin at night would that be overkill or is there potential for some sort of um synergy there there is a potential um, for for combining those, and we don't. Uh, well, more so, actually, I, I would say not so. You could. We haven't done it. Um, we haven't okay. had any clients that fall into that category, mostly because there's not a lot of people biting off on the test morellin because of the price point. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll come down someday where more people can afford it. Uh, we do have people who who take it, but when they take it, they're, they're taking the tessamorelin and, um, using that with the ipamorelin. Okay. So, so that's replacing I, the CJC. Right. The tessamorelin is replacing CJC. So what I would say is where you may, uh, like if, if you really wanted to get aggressive, um, you, maybe you could do something like a tessamorelin and ipamorelin at night before you go to bed and then doing, uh, taking ipamorelin again in the morning and and boosting that secretion as well and i would say that combination would be an awesome protocol for somebody who really wants to max out if i was going to give somebody if they said hey 
money's not an issue. I want the best thing that you can offer me uh, as far as the uh, growth hormone peptides uh, go, like whatever combination, that would be it. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds uh, good. I think I think my client is doing something similar to that because he's not taking the CJC, so that might be it. Um, yeah. All right, I have one more um, potentially like out of our out of our league question, but I just okay, just curious about this one. Um, I've seen uh, Tessamorelin in particular have like um, it, uh, an effect on triglycerides in the literature that it's it lowers triglycerides, and I'm wondering if that's true for for some of these other newer uh peptides that are kind of in the same category yeah so tesamorelin is uh there is data on it decreasing triglyceride levels and um the that's the only one though that has data uh anecdotally some of the other ones have had some uh decrease but it's also sometimes it's hard for us to say when we're looking anecdotally because you know, people are working on their, their lifestyle. Yeah. They're doing life. all these other factors that are, that are of course going to help also. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, when we are talking about symptoms of low growth hormone, uh, one that a lot of people don't really realize is increased triglycerides can sometimes be an indication of low growth hormone. So it makes sense that more of these would have that type of response because you are improving the growth hormone levels. And so it would make sense that the triglyceride levels would improve uh, for, for somebody taking it. So yeah, I w- there's just not the, the research hasn't been done to my, the best of my knowledge on that specifically outside of the uh, test morella. Well, this tells me a few things. It tells me the first thing is of course, anybody who's listening to this is probably going to be really excited about Tessamorellin. <laughs> and yeah. um and the second thing is that you know obviously i have the luxury of being able to speculate on a lot of stuff that may be wrong or not but i can do it um and if 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 high triglycerides and there's the, there's if there's some sort of pretty predictable relationship between triglycerides and growth hormone and more ho- growth hormone may me- lead to lower triglycerides and lower growth hormone may lead to higher triglycerides then from a mechanistic standpoint, you know, it's probably, you know, anything that helps you increase growth hormone is possibly going to, you know, decrease your triglycerides if, if they're an issue. And if they're high, partly in part due to, uh, you know, low, low DH. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, brother. Well, I want, this is one more because um, this is another one that people are, we have mutual friends at MI40 that have, that swear by this and like are just, hugging this stuff down. Like, um, and we haven't talked about this one in any of our lives. So I wanted to ask you about melanotan and melanotan too, because, um, you know, there's, there's obvious benefits that people know about, like the, the main benefits, but can you talk about if that's something that you guys use? And if it is, what are some of the benefits that people can expect? And what are some of these not so well-known side benefits that, um, that people talk about? Yeah, 100%. So the melanotan 2 is the one that uh, that we offer. We do have access to the melanotan 1. Uh, I believe melanotan 1 is actually an FDA-approved product. and um, But the melanotan 2 seems to be more efficacious. So we really just leaned more that direction uh, because to us, it seemed like a better option. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, a lot of people know that it helps you with tanning. And uh, so, you know, we get people who are interested and it's the off season, it's the winter and they want to look good and, uh, or, or, you know, maybe they, they're competing or something like that. And uh, the other thing actually for like uh, some people, if you're familiar with uh, vitiligo. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, for people who aren't familiar with that term, um, uh, I know someone really close to me that has that, and I have never thought of that, man. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, that is an indication for it when the skin kind of has the uh, the blotchy patterns of like the lighter and darker colors. And so this can be an option for somebody like that to uh, to even that out for you know if, if that's something that that they're concerned about. Um, and on the side benefit side of things, um, guys were finding that. 
it was causing uh, erections like crazy for them that they just, you know, the wind would blow and they were um, getting, uh, getting erections. So there is some sexual, sexual benefits from it. Uh, benef- uh, also with uh, weight loss, some people have. Um, that was one that I heard of a mutual friend of ours talk about too, which I was like, hmm, yeah. weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, obviously that's that's an extra bonus if you're getting sexual performance weight loss and then a good tan i mean (laughs) that's like right there dude yeah Yeah. dark you got yeah man that's i mean seriously that's a pretty good combination it really is i'll tell you just while we're on that topic one of my other favorite uh peptides is the mott sc and it falls right into that what does everybody want everybody wants to uh have more energy and lose fat. Well, that's exactly what Mod S does. And uh, I'm sorry, Mod SC. And um, what's cool about that, uh, that I really like is it can help to improve your insulin sensitivity. So if it's really something somebody's struggling with, like diabetics and whatnot are, are producing less of the Mod SC, so it can start to fix that for them. And it lowers inflammation in the brain. So if somebody's been exposed to some environmental toxins, it can help with that that brain inflammation and helping uh, kind of clear some of that brain fog. And then um, one of my favorite kind of underlying things is there's uh, some strong arguments that it can improve your lifespan uh, because uh, this is found to – so your mitochondria – are have its their own set of like gene expressions and and the modest C comes from the mitochondria gene expressions and and what we're finding is people who live from about 100 to 120 are overexpressing this modest C uh, peptide and so there's you know some strong arguments that this could really improve lifespan uh, with this peptide so pretty cool stuff and um we've uh we we're we're just hearing some great feedback as far as uh, the efficacy goes that is really cool man i mean obviously um we only scratched the surface man we there was like but you know these are the ones that people are most interested in um yeah. we mentioned bpc and tb tb500 bpc157 and tb500 yeah. on on our lives but um, I really wanted to hammer these main ones, like especially the growth ones, because I think those yeah. are the ones that that are I think people can understand, and it's a great entree into like the peptide world. Um, but I really appreciate it, man. What, where can people find out more about you, um, about Biodesign Wellness? In fact, if you don't mind, can you can you kind of talk about Biodesign Wellness and Tampa Testosterone? What the two differences are, and then of course where people can find you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me, I'll kind of, uh, explain in a nutshell who we are as, as a company. I mean, we believe in order to be a high performer in all areas of your life, you must have your health. So ultimately what I'm trying to do is change the paradigm of how people think about their hormonal health and anti-aging. And so Tampa testosterone handles more the hormonal health side of things and biodesign handles more of the, the it's it's kind of a crossover on the anti-aging between testosterone and biodesign and biodesign does our stem cells our functional medicine that holistic side of the clinic and so most clinics are out there you know pushing products on people take this injection for this that pill for that symptom and it's the same concept as our broken healthcare system that just treats symptoms with medications yep. and don't get me wrong, it's a good business model because you're not really treating the root cause. People never really get better. They're just hooked on your products. Yeah. And we prefer to look at the body holistically. Why is your body not using your hormones properly? Do you have the right building blocks to create energy? What does your mitochondrial health look like? Are you detoxifying properly? Is your brain releasing the right chemicals to quiet your mind so you can get optimal sleep? Is your blood sugar the right uh, levels to optimize fat loss? I mean, the list goes on and on. And and so, you know, I, I always use analogies when I'm talking and I tell people, I, I just want people to realize that it's not always about how hard you put your foot on the gas. Sometimes it's equally important to figure out why you have your foot on the brake when it comes to your health. And once you can release that brake, then I'm all for maxing out your performance 
as long as we don't lose sight of optimal health. And so that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, the, the approach that our clinic has. And we, we think of it in three phases. One, it's build the foundation of your health. Two, fuel your body. And three, optimization for longevity. And, and that for us is just that mindset. When somebody comes into our clinic, they're like, well, what, what, do, you know, what am I going to do? Where do I go for this? And, and we just break it down into those simple terms. And we look at the person and we figure out where are they? Because look, some people already have a foundation of health. And maybe they just need to fuel and optimize. Some people are already have awesome hormones and a foundation of health and they're already fueled and all that. And we just need to optimize for longevity's sake. And, uh, and, and, you know, obviously there's an extreme, some people are super sick and, and really dealing with some serious health issues. And, uh, we build that foundation with a holistic approach. Then we can add in all the hormones and, and really optimize them for, for longevity. So, um, so hopefully that answers your question. Uh, as far as people finding us, uh, we're, we actually, I have three different, uh, three different brands. So Tampa testosterone is at Tampa testosterone, or you can go to get your uh.com. What a great uh, name. <laughs> and, uh, then we have at biodesign wellness on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then at new Viva weight loss is our weight loss brand. And, uh, that's where for people who are just serious about really focusing in on just the weight loss portion. Uh, normally we know it takes a holistic approach to weight loss too, but sometimes that's a good starting point. If, uh, you're not ready to take the holistic approach to just really focus in on shedding a couple pounds and then, uh, you know, upgrading to some of the other hormonal and holistic options as we go. I love that, man. Um, I'm going to put it all in the show notes, Jimmy. I appreciate it, man. Love it, man. I'm loving how I'm feeling. I'm loving what I'm learning. And I just love, I hope all of the listeners get a ton of value out of this. I'm sure they will. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. It's definitely been an honor and pleasure. I love talking with you and uh, doing our lives and podcasts. And I uh, can't wait to uh, see your, your continued results on, on the peptides you're on. And, and then we got to, uh, we got to take up those uh, nootropic peptides here soon. We'll, we'll give those a run here uh, maybe before the end of the year. Yeah. You and I, you and I both. Sounds good. All right, brother. Take care. All right, man. Good talking to you. See ya.